Tiki Hut Media. Hey there, welcome into Soul Ramblings Podcast, coming to you from Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. I'm your host, Jerry Wicker. I'm the lead minister over at Manatee Life and your host for Soul Ramblings. Today is part two of a seven-part series we're in the midst of called Learning the Jesus Way of Life. And today is baptism and battle. In other words, when we accept the Jesus way of life, when we accept to and we commit to learning the Jesus way of life, and we're on that mountaintop experience, we can expect some battles along the way probably pretty soon. We'll get more into that as we are continuing to unpack what following Jesus is really all about. There are far too many people who think their relationship with God can be summarized by their church attendance record or maybe a few minutes of quiet time in the morning, or maybe that Jesus is just for the spiritual part of life and really doesn't have anything to do with the rest. That couldn't be further from the truth. Jesus doesn't want just part of you. He wants all of you. That's why the earliest members of the Jesus movement were called followers of the way, because that's exactly what Jesus came to introduce, a new, more true way of life, a new way of seeing, of serving, of loving, of solving problems, of relating to people, of doing the daily work of living life. In other words, following Jesus is an all-of-life way of life. It's a way defined by going where he goes, doing what he does, trusting what he says, and loving how he loves. Let's head over to the sanctuary for Baptism in Battle, part two of learning the Jesus way of life. Our scripture reading for the morning comes to us from Matthew's gospel. We start with Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, and reading through chapter 4, verse 11. Let us hear these holy words. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted. Forty days and forty nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him again, it is written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. 
Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him and suddenly angels came and waited on him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, quieten our minds and still our hearts. For your living ways are all we seek. Strengthen our lives, inspire our spirits, as we pray for your presence and endless grace. And O oh Lord, in the silence of this moment, prepare our hearts and our minds to hear your word for us this day and work your will in our lives. Amen. I have a member of my extended family who has a very bad self-view of herself. She, she does a lot of negative self-talk, and she and I have talked about that before. As a matter of fact, at one point, I even said to her, I said, you know, she, she was insulting herself. And I said, you know, if I heard, if I was standing here and I was listening to somebody else talk to you the way you talk about you, I'd be very, very angry about that. The way we view ourselves drives everything we do. I mean, what are the things that you say to yourself? Are you kind to yourself, or do you critique or criticize yourself? Uh, when you look in the mirror as you're brushing your teeth in the morning, who do you see? You see, your view of you drives everything you do, and that's our main point this morning. For those who have clicked on the bulletin online and downloaded it, and those here in the sanctuary who have the insert, you will see that's the first fill-in-the-blank for you. Your view of you drives everything you do. Everything that we do as human beings in some form or fashion is an expression of how we view ourselves, which is why I think it's so interesting that at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, before he makes a big name for himself by casting out demons, performing miracles, and calling his disciples, there's this special moment where God the Father tells Jesus the Son how he sees him. We find this in our gospel lesson this morning. At the end of chapter 3, we read that the voice of God speaking over Jesus says, This is my Son, whom I love, and him I am well pleased. You see, Jesus was baptized at the Jordan River by John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer, as some translations say. And if we were to use the common English Bible translation, it would say, instead of, I am well pleased, I love this, it says, this is my son whom I dearly love. I find happiness in him. I am well pleased, I find happiness in him. This is the core of Jesus' identity. This is God's Son. And baptism 
marks a new beginning. And for Jesus, this baptism marks the beginning of his earthly ministry. So what does it mean to be God's child? What does it mean to be a child of God? God's son or God's daughter. There are some questions in your bullet or in the insert once again that before Wednesday, I ask you to go through those and just kind of answer them. Spend some time in prayer and answer those things honestly. And we'll go over those Wednesday at noon during brown bags and Bibles. Bring your lunch, bring your sheets, and bring your questions, and we'll get deeper into that. But what does it mean to be God's child, God's daughter, God's son? Well, first of all, realize that you are his child. God said, this is my son. The second, he loves you, period. He loves you. This is my son whom I dearly love. This is my daughter whom I dearly love. He's proud of you, number three. He is so proud of you. I find happiness in him. In him, I am well pleased. I am well pleased. I'm so proud of you. And number four, he finds happiness in you. And I think as we honor mothers today, that that describes a mother's love. A mother's love reflects the love of God for their children. You're his child. He loves you. He's so proud of you. And he finds happiness in you. And this is really good news for any of us who have said yes to a relationship with Jesus. Because when we say yes to following Jesus, something just extraordinarily beautiful happens. The Bible says that we actually become united with Christ. We become one with him. We're clothed with his righteousness. He wraps us in goodness so that when God looks at you, he sees Jesus. So that means when God speaks to you, he says to you what he says to Jesus. You're my child. You're my child. I love you. I'm so proud of you. I find happiness in you. You see, your view of you drives everything you do. But what's even more important than your view of you is what God says about you. Because what God says about you is always true. And what God says about you, if you're in Christ Jesus, is that you are his child, he loves you, he's proud of you, and he finds happiness in you. A good friend of mine, actually, he was our pastor in Tennessee before we moved to Florida. He is now a retired United Methodist minister. And he gave a sermon one time, and he gave us an example from his childhood when he was a little boy, as he was going out the back door to go play with friends, or if he was going out the back door heading off to school, his mother would call out, Randy, remember, you are baptized. You are baptized. It was his mother's way of reminding him who and whose he was, and he never forgot it. 
when we keep in mind or remember that we are baptized members of Christ's body on earth, the church, we are embracing the fact that we are not our own. God has called us out, and we embrace the fact that we belong to God, and God loves us and will never leave us nor forsake us, and that God has great plans for our lives. So Jesus began his public ministry by approaching John the Baptist at the Jordan River so John could baptize him. After this, Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days to fast and then be tempted. We're told that Jesus was famished or starving when he was tempted by the devil. The text says literally after Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, he was famished, starving. We may find ourselves faced with temptation when we are spiritually starving or famished. When we're stressed, overtired anxious, or sick. We're tested when we face financial problems, disagreements, or threats. These are the kinds of situations which it is hardest for us to be people of God. And it's hardest for us to be the people that God has called us to be. And notice that the first two temptations, the first two of Jesus' temptations, challenge Jesus' identity. And a lot of times, that's the way it happens. The tempter came to him and said, I can almost hear the condescending tone in the tempter's voice. Since you are God's son, you say you're God's son. Well, if you're God's son, command these stones to become bread. That's pretty tempting for somebody who hasn't had anything to eat in 40 days and 40 nights. But Jesus responds, it is written, people won't live only by bread, but by what? Every word spoken by God. See, Jesus identifies himself by what God said about it. He does in this situation what he is asking us to do. Jesus humbles himself and trusts God to satisfy and provide for him. And Jesus will go on to say later that he has come to serve, not be served. As Christians, we are called to that same identity. We are called to serve, not be served. Our lives are not to be about me, 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 me. Mine. It's mine. Give it to me. No. We are to be about, how can I help my neighbor in need? What can I do to better serve God? And when we ask ourselves these kind of questions, when the going gets rough, and and it will get rough, make no mistake about it, it will get rough. When the going gets rough, we'll find that God provides the answer through God's word. For we don't live by bread alone, but by every word spoken by God. Verse 5 of chapter 4, we're told that after the devil brought him into the holy city, stood him at the highest point at the temple, he said to him, again, 
You say you're God's son. Since you're God's son, you say you are. Throw yourself down, for it is written, I will command my angels concerning you, and they will take you up in their hands so that you won't hit your foot on a stone. The devil is inviting Jesus to make himself immune from injury or death. The devil even quotes scripture in order to try and prove that God is in agreement with him. The devil knows scripture too. That's why it is vitally important for us to know Scripture. Because the devil knows Scripture, but he perverts it. He perverts it. He's a deceiver and a liar. We need to have Scripture not only in our heads, but in our hearts. So that when we hear these perversions of Scripture, we can live the Jesus life, the Jesus way of life, and not be deceived when we hear it. Because Jesus replied, again, it is written, don't test the Lord your God. Jesus was not deceived. Then the devil brought him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. He said, I'll give you all of these if you just bow down and worship me. And this temptation... The tempter is trying to tempt Jesus about who he's going to serve. Is he going to serve God or is he going to serve evil? But again, Jesus is not deceived. For he says, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only him. So think about the sequence of events here. Jesus' baptism, mountaintop moment where God the Father is declaring his love for his son. The very next line says that Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted. When you follow Jesus, when you decide, I'm going to learn to live the Jesus way of life, I'm going to follow Jesus, there are going to be times where the best moments are followed by some of the toughest battles. I can testify to that. I believe all of you can too. But the beautiful thing is, when Jesus was in the wilderness, he was not alone. He was not by himself. Because it was the Spirit of God who led him, remember? And what's amazing is that when we say yes to Jesus, that same Spirit begins to live in us. The same Spirit that led Jesus will lead you. Following Jesus is rarely easy. It is often difficult, and it will include wilderness seasons. But what we can remember is that even when we feel lonely, and we're out here and we're all alone, nobody understands, we are never truly alone. So we looked at the baptism of Jesus, talked about how we view ourselves, drives everything we do, which is why it's so important to make sure your view of you lines up with God's view of you. And the best way to do that is to line up your view with what God says. You're my child. I love you. I'm proud of you. I find happiness in you. And we looked at Jesus marching into battle, going toe-to-toe with the devil. The devil attacked his identity, targeted his desires with lies, 
and deception, but Jesus reinforced the truth of who he is with God's word, and he resisted the lies by standing firm on what is good. We are called to do the same. Now, we're going to get really practical and answer the question, how do we do that? How do we do that? Because through his temptations, Jesus shows us that we choose who and whose we are and who we will be. Like Jesus, we'll be hungry. We'll have times when we're tempted to even doubt God's faithfulness. We'll be tempted to reach for power rather than to live the life of a servant. To live as children of God, we must serve God even when our circumstances are difficult and hard. This is when we really choose what it means to be a child of God. I mean, the devil said to Jesus, since you are the Son of God, do this, do that. And he comes to us today. Since you are a child of God, you say you're a child of God, a follower of this guy Jesus. Well, since you are, do this, do that. Perverting, deceiving, lying. If we are the children of God, learning the Jesus way of life, we've got to learn who we will be, what we will do. Because, I mean, it, it, it's cool that Jesus did it, but how do we do that? So I want to give you two big ideas. We're going to tackle them one at a time. The first one is this. When things get hard, and they will, when things get hard, run to him, not from him. The second one is this. Make his habits your habits. So starting with that first idea. When things get hard, run to him, not from him. I cannot tell you how many Christians I've talked to over the years who find themselves in that wilderness, in that difficult period of time where they aren't feeling the closeness of God like they used to, where they feel like they're wandering around, they don't know which direction to turn, they don't know where to head, they're under attack from the enemy. And how many times, myself included, that I've seen people get really discouraged because they think that it either means that God has left them, or as Jesus said, forsaken them, or that they're doing all sorts of bad things, and therefore God must be punishing them and allowing the enemy to tempt them and attack them. But look at what we read about Jesus. If you read the Gospels, look at Jesus' life. He was perfectly sinless. Never did anything wrong, always close to God, and yet he was tempted. Being tempted doesn't mean God is angry with you. Being tempted means you're a Christian. We're all tempted. He experienced difficult things, and you will too if you follow him. Because there'll be some times where he's going to take you to places that you don't want to be any longer than you have to be. But if you keep following, he's going to take you out on the other side with deeper faith and better character and stronger character. So when things get hard, run to him, not from him. Secondly, make his habits your habits. Now, what's really awesome in these scriptures that we've looked at today, there are two habits that Jesus modeled. 
The first one is, feed your faith by reading your Bible. Feed your faith by reading your Bible. If you've ever wanted to know who you are, how God sees you, and what he wants you to do, there is no better way to find the answers to those questions than by reading the Bible. I would say particularly the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, because it is in the Gospels, those four accounts, that we actually get to see the things Jesus did and hear the things Jesus actually said. And we'll discover what he calls us to do. So feed your faith by reading the Bible. The second thing, give up something you love for something you love even more. If this passage of Scripture we looked at, it shows us Jesus fasting, which is giving up food for a period of time so that he could grow closer to God. And, And while that's a really, really good discipline, it's a great practice, I think the place that we, where we can lean into this in our modern times is through the giving up of distractions so that we can grow closer to God. Because we live in a world full of distractions. They're trying to crowd out our attention and, and our devotion to Jesus. So maybe the thing that's going to be the difference maker for you is actually giving up something you love. For some, it may be time on social media or on your phone. For some, it may be binge watching 18 hours of nonstop news coverage. (laughs) Whatever it is, give up something you love for something you love more like time with Jesus and people who are important in your life. So I want to invite you to be a part of something bigger than yourself, something that will make you more like Jesus. Which of these habits will you focus on? How are you going to do that? Those are questions between you and God. Because when we make his habits our habits, it's only a matter of time before his way of life becomes our way of life. And the journey will continue together as we learn the Jesus way of life. The highs and the lows. Through the mountaintops and the valley of the shadow of death. And remember No matter what, when you're going through that valley of the shadow of death, you are his child. He loves you. He's so proud of you. And he finds happiness in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, we ask that you give us the faith to go where you go, to do what you do, to trust what you say, and to love how you love. We commit to following you and learning the Jesus way of life. And it is in your name we pray. Amen. And now receive this benediction as we leave this place. Remember, you're baptized.
and inspire love. Embrace Jesus Christ. Engage the world and tell somebody about Manatee Life Church. Go in peace. There you go from Mother's Day. That was Baptism and Battle, the second part of Learning the Jesus Way of Life over at Manatee Life Church, a multicultural United Methodist community of faith in Bradenton, Florida. Invite you to join us for part three next week, Calling and Commissioning, as we continue to learn this Jesus way of life. And you can live stream our services every Sunday morning at 1030 Eastern Time, on YouTube. Got a link in the show notes of this episode where you can click right over there and go to that live stream. And be sure to get social with us here at Soul Ramblings Podcast. We have a Facebook and Instagram page. You can follow us and like us there and keep up with what's happening at Soul Ramblings Podcast. Got links in the show notes as well. Wherever you're listening to this episode today, I invite you to click subscribe right now. That way you never miss a new episode of Soul Ramblings Podcast. I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and listening to Soul Ramblings Podcast. I really, really do not take that for granted. I consider your time a gift, and I do not take that for granted. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And here is the last piece of advice before we scoot out the door for this week. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week. And if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production. Thank you.